Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kikian with Coco. And if you are new to the show, just to give you a synopsis of what the show is about, pretty much um, just life in general with the emphasis on relationships. I have my friends come in the show and we basically just kiki about whatever the topic of the show is for for the day. And today we're talking about mental health and how relationships can affect your mental health. And I have with me today um, my friend Toya, and I met her a few years ago at another friend's wedding. And like literally I met her the one time and we added each other on social media and she's been super dope. You know, she's big big on mental health and as am I. I don't speak about it as much, but I just know in my personal journey, like my mental health has been something that, you know, I have to work on constantly. And so Toya, you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, yes. Thank you, Coco. I um, thank you for having me on this platform. Uh, My name is Toya. I am very serious about mental health. Uh, Of course, I've been through my own struggles, my own journey. And for a long time, I thought it was better to keep my mental health concerns to myself. I didn't want to talk about it in public. I didn't want to post about it. I always wanted to be, you know, fun and light, which is also my personality. But um, on the other side of that, a lot of times I was just hiding and masking and trying to deal with things on my own, things that I didn't know how to deal with. So, um, I went through a very tragic situation, um, of course, in a toxic relationship, and it forced me into being more open to mental health. So from that, you know, um, I'm I'm writing a book that should be released um, sometime soon. I um, am more open to therapy, and I speak more about it. Um, Not that I am a professional health expert. I'm speaking from it from my point of view and from things that I've been through. I think that is such a good stance, uh, such a good place to start from is just being like, I think recognizing things that you have gone through throughout your life and coming to the conclusion that you need therapy. And even while in therapy, like you may go for a certain situation, but of course, they always want to help you get to the understanding of how you got to this place. And so, of course, you start to reflect back on like things like how you grew up, um, you know, what is a normal reality for you. And sometimes those can be a little skewed. I agree. Um, I completely agree. Um, Prior to growing up, um, if I'm being honest, you know, I grew up in a pretty rough area, um, small town, very urban. Um, Our community definitely does not look to therapy as an option. You know, we do sports, we hurt ourselves, we go to the doctor for that. Um, You know, we have some underlying issue, we get a prescription, we take a prescription for that. But as far as our mental health, we're just like, oh, it's okay. Oh, get over it. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's never addressed. And so, I mean, 
unfortunately, I was thrown into a tragic situation, but it forced me to be more open to, um, you know, being more open about mental health. I mean, I mean, we can go into, of course, what it was, but of course, it, it was a relationship. You know, I mm-hmm. was in a place where, you know, I met a guy that, you know, I had known him, but we never dated. We got serious and what I thought was great. I felt like for the first time, you know, someone took care of me, you know, growing up, I felt kind of um, disregarded, you know, not by just relationships, but in life period, you know, Mm -hmm. um, how I grew up in the household, I had to, um, you know, I had a single, well, I grew up with my grandmother, but, you know, she was, it was a single family income and she had to work. So we had to figure it out. And, um, you know, children can take it different. And for me, I felt a little neglected, not from her, but, you know, you see some people around you doing different or you think they're doing something different. So, you know, it kind of stuck with me from my childhood. And then when I got older, you know, you do different things in life. And then I meet this guy who's totally taking care of me, taking care of the bills, teaching me things about life. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. And then he cheats and then comes the abuse and not just physical, but emotional, sexual abuse. And mm-hmm. I'm stuck in a place where, ah, do I give up this great feeling of being taken care of, you know, because of this other abuse? Or is this what people deal with to, you know, mm-hmm. get what, you know, to move on in life? And, yeah. you know, he proposed, it was public. And I was like, no, I'm going to make this work. And the abuse just just got worse, which just shows, you know, if you're not in a good place mentally, you can't be in a good place with anybody else, mm-hmm. especially a romantic relationship. And that's what happened with me. So for me, um, when I think about how I grew up, uh, my mom and my stepdad separated when I was 11, but I still saw him every day after they separated. So it wasn't like, they separated and we just never heard from him again or, you know, whatever. So he he was still present in my life. And even while they were together, um, I didn't necessarily ever see them argue. So it was definitely a surprise to one day, you know, they together and the next day his stuff is packed up at the door. And then, like, for the majority of my life before I left home, I lived with my grandmother. And I'm going to preface this and say, you know, I know my mother loved me dearly, unconditionally, Mm -hmm. you know, but just her work schedule and how she, the, the career at the time that she was doing, it didn't allow us to live with her full time. So it was like we would stay with my grandmother or my dad during the week and then you know on the weekend stay with my mom and I think that um just not and and so when I say like like I genuinely know like every adult that was in my life as a child genuinely loved me and cared for me but I don't know I guess it's just a feeling you have like when your mother is not there full time or your biological dad isn't as present as you would like him to be. And so it was kind of like, I think feeling that way 
and then leaving home. And then, of course, leaving home into a, an, to an environment where it's just kind of like a free-for-all as to how many men you got access to, access to, you know, whatever. And then, you, of course, you meet this one person and, you know, things are great. And, of course, everybody makes mistake, mistakes along the way. And so um, I just think, like, not really knowing what a relationship look like for real for real mm-hmm. is what hindered me from my first relationship my first adult relationship panning out the way I anticipated it to so I can agree completely I'm, I'm kind of glad you said that too like me growing up I grew up with a very strong woman a very strong presence right she worked she took care of us she was stern um, she did what she had to do to make sure that we were we were good. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't learn is, you know, how to I mean, I hate to use this word because, you know, it brings up so many other concerns. But I, I didn't learn the piece of being any type of submissive in a relationship or knowing when to take a step back. Mm-hmm. So when I got into my um adult relationships, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm independent. I can take care of myself. Okay. If you don't like it this way, you know, I don't care. So not necessarily right in that fashion, but it put me in a place of, I never, I never learned how to be loved by somebody. I Mm -hmm. only knew to take care of me. And that kind of ruffled a lot of feathers in relationships unknowingly. I'm just thinking that I have to do, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you do what you're supposed to do because the relationship that I witnessed growing up um, didn't show a man as a strong preference, uh, a strong presence. It just showed he was there. But when it came down to who ruled the household, it was definitely my grandmother. Right. So, so mm-hmm. I, I missed that piece totally. So as an adult on my own, I had to learn that piece along with what's good and bad in the relationship along with, you know, just finding a lot of balances and mm-hmm. having to learn it on your own. Right. I remember I had a um, co-worker that I worked with some years back, and she said to me, you know, since you didn't really grow up in a two-parent household, how do you know you want to be married, that you want to be a wife? And, mm-hmm. I mean, my mother would always be like, you know, don't depend on a man to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You can do it yourself. But my grandmother would say things like, you know, even though she was, you know, the head of the house, like the caretaker for everybody in her house, it was like, you need to know how to cook. So when you get a husband, you know, it was just like, I mean, even though I didn't grow up with a two parent house, it was like, it. I guess it was still ingrained in me that- what? I was going to be a wife one day. Right. So I I get it. You know, the same thing. Like, I think as children or what you grow up um, imagining or, you know, children have an imagination. You know, you want to be this when you grow up. You want to be that when you grow up. I want to be a a doctor or a teacher or, you know, this, that or whatever. Um, I think, of course, and I, when we grew up, that's what the focus was. It wasn't, you know, so much how you should be in a household. But I don't think sometimes 
the people raising children are thinking about the um, impression that they're giving their children, mm-hmm. i.e. sometimes people often say, oh, you know, we stayed together for the kids, not thinking that these same kids see this toxic relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and if I take it back to the relationship I was in, um, me and him didn't have children together. He had children, but there were times where we have, I can think of one time specifically when we were in a full on toxic, I mean, physical altercation and mm-hmm. his one or two of his children walked in the room and we stopped. We kind of leaned over, still holding on to each other, um, fighting over uh, something. It was something in the jacket. So we're fighting over the jacket. And so we stopped like, you know, to keep the kids from knowing that we were fighting. And then, you know, he sent them downstairs. And when they went downstairs, like we literally resumed like somebody hit pause. But yeah. In hindsight, I'm 100 percent sure the children knew that something wasn't right. And right. so, you know, that's I mean, it's a choice you have to make as a as a parent. But when you, you know, taking it back to myself as a child, when I would see things or things I didn't see, um, it made me create a vision in my head of what I wanted for myself. And so, like mm-hmm. you said, um, my grandmother always said, you know, hey, make sure you can take care of yourself. Don't depend on a man. You know, make sure you have your own, you mm-hmm. know, even to the point of living with a man. Hey, if, you know, you move with a man, you make sure the stuff is in your name. So if somebody has to get out, it's him. And mm-hmm. so it can look, it can come off like I'm sure she was saying to us, you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself, protect yourself versus how I could have taken it as I got to make sure nobody puts me out. I got to mm-hmm. make sure, you know, so you still have to learn these things along the way. I think, unfortunately, as you're growing up and learning, you're also in relationships. So you're learning through trial of, and error. Right. Through trial and error. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you going to therapy, was that like a direct result of that relationship or... So when I started therapy, you know, if I'm, you know, after at the when this tragic event happened with um, the relationship that I was in, um, I was thrown into therapy, basically forced into therapy. Um, And if well, if I'm being completely honest with you, and this this is all in the book, um, Mm -hmm. there was a shot. um, Someone shot a gun in the book. Mm-hmm. And it um it was traumatizing. And so that event forced me into um um I'll say a, a mental institution. Okay. Um it was temporary, but it was to, you know, to deal with what when with the events that happened. Right. And so um they told me I can go voluntarily and then I could leave when I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um I went and the way to get out, you have to talk to a counselor, which was a therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, they have to know that you are mentally okay to kind of move forward with life. Yeah. And I met with her and it wasn't what I thought therapy was. Um, she was calm. It was just like, you know, talking to a homegirl. Mm-hmm. And so um, she still, she didn't okay me to leave right away. So it wasn't like... You can just say whatever and get out. Like her concern was really for, you know, my state of mind. Like, I, was I really okay to um, move forward? And so when I was able to get out, um, 
to be honest, I once again disregarded the idea of therapy. And I was in such a dark place. I finally went out of the house one day and somebody said something to me very inappropriate about the event. And mm-hmm. it it kind of showed me that the world was talking about me and what happened. And so I went back to my mother's house, which is where I was at the time. And, you know, I was bawling. And I ended up calling the counselor and that's how I ended up getting into it. And I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Well, then at a point, my insurance didn't cover it anymore. And I went, I had to go through another program and mm-hmm. it was horrible. It went from people just wanting to fill me up with medication to people being so pushy that I would just sit in the session and not say anything to um, just people that I didn't connect with. But mm-hmm. because I had such a, positive experience with the previous person Mm -hmm. or I should say my first therapist I was like no I'm gonna find some something else and so I bounced around a lot but the um, facility that I was going to would kind of rotate their counselor so that didn't work so if I moved fast forward to currently I have found an excellent therapist like she's amazing like Mm -hmm. doesn't cross the line doesn't um like, I can't think of a better therapist. Mm-hmm. And right, even even now, like, I still have a regular reoccurring um, appointment. And I don't, we don't go because I, well, I should say, I don't go to therapy because I feel like I still have stuff I need to talk about. I still, you know, I'm trying to, bounce, you know, deal with life. I'm still really going through something. It's not like I'm really in a terrible place in life. I'm at a really good place in life. But we still talk about things like, hey, if I feel like I need to do more, I'm not being productive with my time or I'm being too hard on myself. My therapist gives me a good balance. You know, mm-hmm. she'll say, hey, she'll get, she always gives me another way to look at things. So because sometimes you can get in your head about things. So um, from that, I can't I don't want to let therapy go because, like I said, there are times when I'm just like, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. And <laughs> she'll just say, you know, hey, what you know, what's happened since the last time we talked? Or what do you have planned for the week ahead? And, mm-hmm. you know, instead of blindly going into a situation, like you said, trial and error, just, mm-hmm. hey, when you get ready to do this, you know, think about this, you know, consider this. And it's just like having a very positive um, friend or, you know, well, open-minded friend that can say, hey, when you do this, think about this. Mm-hmm. But, and you receive that information. So it keeps you at a good balance. It keeps your mind open. It also keeps you from, if you've been traumatized like I am, um, it prepares you for other options that could come versus thinking that I'm going into this thing like this, not knowing that this other thing may pop up. Mm-hmm. So for me, what drove me to go to therapy is um, while I was going through my divorce, like my divorce was not a mutual agreement. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like one day he said, I don't want to be married anymore. And pretty much you just need to get on board. And it was Mm -hmm. just like, huh? Like. I I mean, when he said that, we were going through a rough patch, but it wasn't anything like detrimental where it was like, you know, 
it's it's nothing that's going to get us back together. You know, like, honestly, when I look back on it, and even at that time, I was kind of just like, well, what happened? Right. You know, like, I didn't even know we was having a serious enough issue, you know, that we was headed for divorce. It was, it, so it was a surprise to me. And so, of course, you know, that put me in a, a bad space. And so, um, you know, I would be at work and people would say things to me in reference to my marriage. And of course, I ain't at work like, oh, my husband don't want to be with me no more, you know, because I don't like to put my business out there like that, you know. So it was like, it was like, you know, they would say things to me in reference to my marriage and I would literally just have to walk away because I didn't want to break down crying in front of somebody, you know? And I think one day, like, but it was, of course I had people I trusted at work to, to talk about it with. And it would just be like, I think I would be gone for long periods of time, just trying to talk through my emotions. And one day my supervisor said to me like, Hey, where do you be at? He's like, I'm looking for you and you're gone for long periods of time. Nobody knows where you are, you know. And of course, I had to tell him, like, you know, what the situation was. And so, of course, he immediately reacted and was like, we need to get you to somebody to talk to. And when I went to so he he took me to like a chaplain and you know, I'm telling a chaplain and the chaplain is like, you know, well, we're going to pray that he has a change of heart. But if, you know, he doesn't change his mind, you need to be okay with moving on. And I'm like, what? That's that's the (laughs) advice you're going to get? What? Like, you're not going to try and be like, you know, do you want to try and get in for some couples therapy? Like, that's all you got for me? And so it kind of turned me off to the situation. And then as time progressed, and I think because I, we were both in church heavily. And um, so I had a church home, but then once we got married, I switched to going to his church home. And so um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like how churches work, but they kind of put you in like groups so that you have like a deacon or somebody that you're in close close communication with they check on you things like that and so just so happened one of the deacons called me one day and was like you know how is everything going with you guys you know whatever whatever and I was just like um you know we're going through a rough patch you know but you know, if somebody could just reach out to him and see how he's doing, you know, whatever, whatever. And he he was kind of like, he didn't want to overstep his bounds. And it's just like, well, just like you call me to to see how I'm doing, you can call him and see how he doing. Right. You know, I'm not asking you to intervene and be like, you know, whatever. Right. And so then it was just like, I was still close with my pastor from my church home. And so I went to see him and I asked, you know, I told him about the situation and everybody's response was the same. Pretty much like, you know, we can help you, but we can't make him do anything. And so we can help you work on you. And that was just not the response I was looking for. I was really looking for it. Just like everybody was there, 
you know, in our business about getting married, mm-hmm. I was wanting somebody to intervene and be like, you know, let let us help y'all work through this, you know, and that wasn't the case. And so it had kind of pushed me back from going to church, but I still knew I need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And whether I think at this at the point I decided to go to therapy, it was like. I knew I needed to talk to somebody for my own sanity. Right. Because we still live together. So it was like I still saw him every day. Um, you know, and I, I still had to go to work, but I had to function. You know, I couldn't be at work just distraught. And so it was like I need a way to fix me. And, you know, so I decided to go to therapy And I got it right the first try. And I don't necessarily know if it was because I was just super open to the process. But, you know, therapy was really helpful to me to move past that. And, of course, for my marriage, I was in therapy for maybe about a year and a half. And then after I got past that, um, you know, and I felt like I had fully moved on from like after the divorce and, you know, all of that, I, you know, I thought I was good. And then this past year, I started back going to therapy. And so when I started therapy, the therapist and I were doing, you know, face-to-face counseling. But after I left, I didn't necessarily want to try and look for a new therapist. So I reached out to him and asked him, you know, would he be okay doing over-the-phone therapy? And he said, yeah. And so, you know, we worked together for about six months. And so now I've realized that, like you said, I don't necessarily have to go because I'm having an issue or life is about to end. But, you know, for maintenance, like right. just mm-hmm. just to make sure I'm still on the up and up, like on a good path, you know, And being in therapy definitely helped me to see um, my self-worth because when I met my ex-husband, I don't think my self-esteem was very high. And not that I ever felt like I was unattractive, but I think it was just, I feel like I took a series of L's and the guys that I was that I was seeing, it would just be like they would literally just ghost me, and it'd be like, "Well, what happened?" You know, and it and they wouldn't answer phones or text messages to give a response, and so you know, it really made me feel like it was something about me that was, you know, pushing them away. And so when I met my ex husband, it was kind of like. He stepped in and he was all about me and, you know, all about us being together. And then, I mean, we had a few hiccups before we got married, but, you know, we pushed through and we got married. And then it was like shortly after we got married, something had clicked in him and it was just like, all right, we married now. We ain't got to do shit your way no more. Like, it's my way or the highway. Right. So, and it was just like, what? Which is a problem I have as well. So, to pull in the relationship and therapy, also, like for me, um, after, you know, you kind of be in and out of so many 
failed relationships, you know, um, and I've been in a few serious Mm -hmm. relationships that didn't end well or I stayed when I should have just left because somewhere in my mind, I'm like, no, you know, we can really make it work. You know, I'm very Mm -hmm. open and honest. You know, I sit and I talk about, hey, this is what's going on. And um, and it doesn't get better after at a point it was like, like, what's wrong with me? Like, what am I doing? Like, and, you know, I'm not the you know, run a guy down and see what is, what's in his phone or where are you? Or if they say they're going out, you know? And so after a while, you know, somebody jokingly said, and I'm sure it was a joke, but you know, it kind of sat with me and they're like, well, maybe you should be, and maybe they wouldn't have a chance to do this and that. And I'm like, in my mind, I know that's not what I should have to do to make a relationship work. Because if you're in a relationship, right, it should be both people, having a mutual interest in making Mm -hmm. this work, not one person trying to make it work and the other person just doing whatever. And so there was a point where even after, even knowing that I'm so open to therapy, um, my, my closest friends asked me, she said, um, you know, why haven't you been to therapy? Or when are you going to get back into your counseling? And I'm just like, I don't want to right now. And Mm -hmm. when she asked why, I was honest with her and I said, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm at such a fragile point that if I'm forced to have to deal with my feelings, I'm going to break. So I'd rather just deal with my job and, you know, have to worry about the things I have to worry about. But I didn't want to deal with my emotions, you know, how right. I feel, you know, I felt like I didn't have time to be broken. And um, of course, she looked at me like I grew a third eye, but you don't <laughs> know <laughs> You don't know until you know, like for me, I have even, you know, as a child, I never learned to deal with my emotions. Like even when I would go and get like uh, vaccines, mm-hmm. you know, I would be, hey, don't cry, don't cry. And, you know, people can say that to their child just thinking that, you know, just to keep them from like overreacting. Mm-hmm. But for me, it kind of spilled over into a don't react. Don't react. Don't react. And it wasn't just that. That's just an example. But whenever something would happen, I never had a point to express myself or let my feelings out. So I I, grew into an adult that just didn't. I think growing up, a lot of us don't have the option Mm -hmm. to express ourselves. And as a child, um, I know like whenever my mother would get upset with me or maybe I did something to to piss my mother off it was kind of just like well you don't have a right to you don't you don't got nerves or you don't have a right to feel no type of way mm-hmm. or shut up before I give you something to cry mm-hmm. for it's just like you already done hit me like <laughs> I, I can't cry about it like I hurt <laughs> Right. You know, my, my feelings hurt, you know, and um, and yeah, as an adult as well, I feel like, you know, I didn't necessarily know how to have a voice because I didn't grow up being allowed to have a voice when controversy arose. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So same thing here. Like, and so when you hit a point for me, right, I you know, had to get life together, you know, after you graduate high school, you know, you're, I was thrown into being an adult, which could be the case for a lot of people. But, you know, I had to, you know, figure it out. And 
I went through, you know, a dark, slippery slope, you know, and then, like I said, come to this tragic event and get into therapy and like it. And then it's not saying that, hey, I'm so open to therapy that nothing ever happens. It's still saying that you have to want it so bad for yourself that you push through whatever situation. Like, Mm. I have never looked at it like, you know, listen, I love love. You know, I'm a hopeless romantic to a fault. And so I never take all that I've been through and just say that um, this is never going to be me. You know, I still am a dreamer. I, I still want, you know, what I want out of love. And so I am still open. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, like I said, as for my romantic space, I'm in a, I'm even in a good space there. Like I don't have, I mean, contrary to what's going on right now, outside of what the world is going through, I don't have any major complaints about life, you know? Mm-hmm. And if honey, if we had a few more hours to talk and I can mm-hmm. tell you all the things that I've been through in life, you know, you would probably think that I should be, I, I should look a lot different, but I have such a, positive outlook on life, such a um, high regard for where my life can go, that I'm not going to dwell on what I've been through. You know, I I know I want better for myself. I know I'm going to have tough days. I know I'm still going to have rough moments. But overall in life, you know, I'm looking to a positive place. You know, I'm sticking with therapy. I'm open to learning more about me. I never feel like I'm too old to learn something new. I want to I still want to grow and be the best woman that I can be to have, you know, to have the the best life that I I can have, but not to be stuck in negative or not to think that this is this or life has to be this dark space. Like um, whatever you go through, you can still overcome it, even, Mm -hmm. you know, through therapy or medication or whatever it is you need to really help. You just have to know and be willing to push through whatever you have have gone through. Mm, Definitely. I definitely think that um, the experiences that we have throughout life to not take them for granted. So for me, for every um, relationship that I've had that might not have been so successful, um, I still look to that as a lesson learned. And like you, I'm a hopeless romantic. So I don't allow those experiences to hinder me from being open to another relationship. Now, I will say after I got divorced, I was like, man, I don't know if I ever want to be married again. Like, I just can't allow nobody to have that type of control over my Mm -hmm. feelings, you know, because that was devastating. Like nobody gets married with the intent to be like, oh, yeah, we going to be divorced in a year. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, you get married with the thought of this is forever. Right. So, um, so after that, I was a little on the, nah, I'm good. And my grandma, like, she would, at the time, she was like, maybe 97. And she was like, well, if you never get married, that's okay. But you, you should have a companion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's how my grandmother was. Like, my grandmother got divorced and she never got married again, but she did have a companion. And he was around, you know, while I was around, like when I came into this world or whatever. So, you know, I experienced what their relationship, by the time I came around, their relationship was shot, but they was, they were still companions, you know? 
And uh, just seeing how they interacted with each other now is funny. Um, You know, but when he passed away, like, that was the only person that he wanted to see, you know, when he was, you know, dying. And they hadn't been together and shit. (laughs) Probably over 40 years. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, but he he loved my grandma, you know, and vice versa. Um, but yeah, she told me, she was like, if you never get married again, it's okay to have a companion. And I was okay with that for a bit, but you know, and I'm not saying you gotta be married to have kids. I don't, at this, at in this day and age, I don't think it's necessarily a right or a wrong way to bring children into this world. But at this point in my life, I'm just like, I have waited so long that I still refuse to just be a baby mama. <laughs> Listen, and I and I get it too. Like you said, it's it's tough at this point. You know, I'm you know later in my thirties. I um I'm still open to you know marriage and and children. You know, mm-hmm. however that comes. And like you said, I'm not over here like waited. I'll say I'm 38, you know, 38 years to be like, oh, let's just have a kid. And I can't say how many times I've been approached with, oh, you don't have any children? Oh, let me give you one. Like, it's not like, you know, I'm just out here just searching for, you know, a donor. You know, I still have, to your grandmother's point, I I want what I want. If you you want a companion, great. If you want, you know, the spouse and the kids, great. It's, it's, It's you getting to a point where, you're comfortable enough to say what I want is this and that's it. Now for me, I want I want a life partner. I want life to go great with me and somebody else. Not saying that it's always going to be, but I want us to be on enough of a same page that, you know, um, we can function in life without constantly bumping heads. Mm-hmm. So like, like you said, it's really no right or wrong to how you bring a child into this world. So if, you know, I'm in a situation... And, you know, we happen to create a, a child. I just don't want it to be like, oh, we have a kid now. So now we have to do this and we have to do this. Like, I want I want you to be with me because you want to be with me. Exactly. Um, but I would I would love for us to, you know, have a um, be moving towards marriage, you know, mm-hmm. before kids come in. I don't want it to be, oh, well, this happened. So now let's make it work. Like, even if you were to get pregnant prior to like I don't want to feel like oh well we're just making it work because this right Um, but my sentiments exactly right because you know it's not like we're children or we don't know what we want or or we're desperate to make whatever situation work but I don't believe there's a time limit that you can put on love or life or children Mm -hmm. otherwise I wouldn't be this old you know still open to kids but you know, I, I'm also a huge, you know, in my faith, like, mm-hmm. I believe God has a plan for me. I believe I went through things that I went through, you know, because I was supposed to. Now, I do know that some things I wasn't supposed to experience, but, it, you know, there are also dark angels out there, too, that, you know, um, prey on you as well. And, exactly. you know, when you're not in a good place, that's their playing field. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still super positive about life, still open to things, still um, still going through stuff from here to there. But I believe that it's never too late. You can't put a time limit on something or you can't say what your plan is for life. 
or somebody else can't tell you how it's supposed to work. Like you have to be yeah. so comfortable with yourself that you know what's for you is for you. Exactly. And I have had, I mean, of course, I've had men be like, oh, let me give you a baby. And it's just right. like, no, no, no. And then I've had men be like, oh, you over. Because I think I think when I first turned 30, this one guy was like, you 30 years old and you ain't got no kids. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I, I hate like, that. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I was like, I thought I was being responsible. The hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know something had to be wrong with with me because I consciously made an effort not to have a child. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want the circumstances to be right. Now, right. just because I get married don't necessarily mean it's going to work out. Absolutely. But I feel like if I were to have a child in that marriage, we didn't go into it like, oh, shit, we pregnant, now we got to get married. Or, you know, it, like, I went into the situation, like, we're married, let's have a baby together. Like, this is something we mutually want, right. you know? And if it don't work out, then that that's what it is. But we didn't go into it um, with the intent that it wasn't going to work out. Right, or just so. playing around or trying to get to know, you know, you know each other enough to know that you have the same you know goals or yeah you know same Mm -hmm. idea exactly and so um you know I know you mentioned the book um and we've talked about how therapy has pretty much brought us to more stable you know frames of mental health um now so do you want to talk a little bit about the book that you are writing Yes, 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 absolutely. So the book was actually supposed to be released um, the end of last year. Um, Unfortunately, I had a very rough patch. I um, had a health situation and it put me into a very dark place and I just couldn't focus on anything. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten back on track. You know, um, my goal is to have it released by the summer. Um, the name of the book is um, Finding Your Happiness by Latoya Blanchard, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does, it shows um, what looked to be um, a very, um, what could have been a great relationship. And it talks about how it's a real, it's a true story, um, which is hard for me because um, I think while I was going through what I was going through when the book should have been released, um, like I said, I hit a rough mental space and the thought of me putting out a book and telling my own personal story, a tragic story, and a lot of people had their own opinion about um, how the details of the story, which, you know, nobody knows mm-hmm. all that happened because they weren't there. But the thought of putting it out there and kind of giving people a manuscript to what happened um, terrified me. And I try not to live in fear, but uh, I had to pull pull myself back together. And, um, you know, not saying that it doesn't make me uncomfortable because it still does, because I'm okay with letting people assume whatever. But once Mm -hmm. I put this once I release this book, it gives you the details of what happened and the most tragic situation I've ever been in. But 
it's a true story about a relationship I was in. Um, it turned very toxic. Um, it's my point of view, so I'm not saying um, what I thought he was thinking or so-and-so. If I mention him, it's, it's only to say a fact of what happened. And mm-hmm. um, it shows, it's gonna, it discusses um, where I was mentally, um, not where he was mentally. Like I said, I'm just telling the story. But on the back end of right. that, it shows how um, kind of therapy saved me and mm-hmm. where I went from there. But um, very tragic story, very um, toxic, very hurtful to even, um, you know, kind of open the wounds to it. But for me, writing the book was very therapeutic. And in the grand scheme of things, I feel like me sharing this story can maybe save someone else. I can, you know, let somebody know that, hey, this is ha- this happens. This is can be a normal thing. You know, toxic relationships happen way too often. And too mm-hmm. often people think, oh, this is just me. This This isn't everybody. But if... I can share my story and kind of expose myself to help someone. I am willing to do it. So again, it's um, it's called Finding Your Happiness, and by the summer it will definitely be out and released. That's what's up, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely cannot wait to read it. I remember when you first told me you were writing a book. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, let me know." <laughs> and then I was just like, you know, when I start my podcast. You know, I'm going to want you on the show. And I held true to that. And this week's episode, I decided, like, I actually wanted to do this episode last week. But, you know, due to the unfortunate circumstances with, um, you know, my my boyfriend passing away, um, you know, I put it on hold. But it was definitely something that had been weighing heavy on me as of late just because... I felt like I was in such a good, I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. in such a good mental space right now. And um, just like when I talk about previous relationships, I think for one of those people that ghosted me, I (laughs) recently talked to him and was, and it came from one of them dumbass uh, challenges or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was like, uh, one of the questions were, if you could ask me anything, what would you ask me? And I was like, what happened when we was talking and you just ghosted me? Like, I came to see you and, you know, when I left, you was acting funny. You know, we were still in communication. And next thing I know, you posting another chick on your social media. Mm. Like, what was that about? And he was like, you know... I still don't have complete, I don't feel like his response was good enough, but it was at least he said something, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like his response was just like, he saw how serious we could be. And I think he was afraid that he would hurt me. And I'm still just like, "Mm, then why why couldn't you verbalize that? Right. You because know you're saying it's still hurtful to just leave me hanging, hurtful and confusing. Exactly. But, you know, it was just like, well, I, I cannot say that is not what the, the real truth is or if that is the truth. But if that's what you're telling me, I can at least accept that now because I'm past it. But mm-hmm. 
you know, it was still a hurtful experience for me to go through. You know what I'm saying? And after having that conversation with him, it really just made me see like where I was at mentally when I met him and probably why I was in that mental space prior to him. And then the time frame, because I think after me and him talked, I it, it was like another year a little over a year, yeah, it was like a little over a year later that I met my ex-husband. And I just think, like I said, from that situation and something, some stuff previously, it just put me in a bad mental space about just myself, right. you know, not fe- feeling like I wasn't good enough for, to be in a relationship with or whatever. So honestly, when he came along, like my ex-husband, like I was definitely just thinking like, oh, here's somebody that don't got all this baggage, but Mm -hmm. then, or is not making this relationship difficult. Because that was the main thing. Like, it didn't feel difficult initially. And then later on, it got difficult. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just like, like I said, not knowing what a good relationship really looked like. And then to kind of like accept things because it's just like, okay, I got somebody that actually want to put in the effort to be with me now. When it was just like, the that shit was unacceptable. Right. <laughs> and I that, that should have been my exit when that happened, you know? Right. But just feeling like we can work it out, we can work through it, you know, I stayed. And I think that's another thing that, like you just said, I've done it too many times. And I went from one extreme to the next. Like, I have been the person that just stays in a relationship and, okay, we can work it out. We can, you know, we're going to work it out and it never works. And so I look back and think, you know, I should have left a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Then I went to kind of meeting and get to know people. And, you know, if they, if in my mind, I felt like, eh, this ain't, this isn't going to work. You know, this is, I'm not feeling it. I'll just walk away from it. And like, some, you know, like was done to you. I wouldn't give him an explanation. And so many times it came back to me like, hey, you just stopped talking to me. You blocked me on this. You blocked me on that. And I was just, and in my mind, I'm like, you, I shouldn't have to tell certain people certain things. Mm-hmm. So I then had to learn, um, which is still, uh, I'm, I'm not an issue, but um, uh, a frequent topic in, you know, my current relationship, like, um, is me communicating. So if something maybe upsets me, for me, I just need a second to process it and then I can talk about it versus mm-hmm. flying off the mouth immediately. Um, but with him, he's like, you know, huge communicator, just, you know, soon as something he feels the kind of way he talks about it right then. So we had to, I had to tell him, listen, I don't function the way you do and vice versa. So you have to we both have to be patient. Like if you want to blurt out whatever you're feeling right now and I'm not in a headspace to, to, uh, to discuss it, it. Mm-hmm. right. You have to give me a second. I'm not, uh, you know, but I'm verbalizing enough to say that I need a, I need a minute. Mm-hmm. However, he has definitely, um, one of the things I can appreciate the most is he's definitely, um, put me in a place to be comfortable being vulnerable, which I don't mm-hmm. think I've had that before Mm -hmm. in a relationship even the good relationship I've had um I didn't feel comfortable enough to express myself because if I did it was just left right there on the table and never never 
anything done with, which can be just as bad as being disregarded. Like I've opened my stuff up to you. I'm being expressive. And then you're just like, oh, okay. I Mm -hmm. hear you. Like, you know, so um, like I said, relationships can be, you know, a lot of work. And the one thing I, I, I will always say is you, you definitely have to make sure you're in a good space before you can try to be in a good space for a relationship. And even if you, and even if you, um, you know, fall into a difficult place in a relationship. Once you have, if you come into something in a decent enough space, or at least an open mind to know that, you know, this is something you need to work on or not. When you fall on those difficult times, you know, your partner should then be in a place to be able to help you through it. Mm -hmm. You know, know what your triggers are, know what is needed to get past it. Um, Yeah. So it's work, but it's definitely not, the work shouldn't be, should I stay because they're doing me so wrong? It's, you know, it should be more of an understanding each other and, you know, working through life. Exactly. So one of the things you said was you find it hard to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was initially going to therapy, um, you know, my therapist mentioned to me like, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable with my friends because I find myself in a space like, yeah, I go through things and I I do talk to my friends, but after a certain point, I'll stop because I'm just like, I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, just dwelling on it for, for so long, you know, even though I'm open to my friends talking to me for as long as they need to about whatever situation they're going through, I feel like I'm a burden if I you know, allow myself to be vulnerable for too long. But he was like, that's okay. He's like, of course you don't want to do overkill, but if you're, if these are people that you're close with, then you should be okay. It should be okay for you to be vulnerable with them versus you like waiting. Cause I know like I will keep things to myself and then like, Say if I'm in a relationship and we've been together for a while and I feel where I can be vulnerable with that person, I'll allow myself to be vulnerable, vulnerable, but it's definitely not initially, you know, because I'm just like, mm, are can, can you handle me being vulnerable with you? And right. um, I think. I mean, I could come up with a whole bunch of cases as to why my marriage did not work out because I still don't have an exact reason as to why I didn't, you know, but it like it's just one of those things. Like, I think I had got to a point where I was being vulnerable with him and maybe my vulnerability was too much for him to handle because when I feel vulnerable, ooh, child, all type of truths can come out. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like <laughs> may, maybe he couldn't handle my truth. So and that could and that's what I was gonna say, you know, sometimes being vulnerable is and I'm me and you are a lot alike. Like mm-hmm. I to to my circle, you know, I can share a lot, like, you know, but what I have learned through growing through things that I've been through is that sometimes the people that know you the most don't see your growth. So mm-hmm. If I say, oh, no, I'm not into so-and-so and so-and-so, and they're like, oh, please, girl, you so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, I've grown past that. You know, yeah. I'm not, that's not where I am anymore. But, 
especially with people that you're really close to, but say you don't see them on a regular basis, they mm-hmm. can see it like, oh, I know this is how she is. So, you know, period. And I think as a whole, people are who they are, but people do grow within themselves. Mm-hmm. And so with me, when it comes to my vulnerability, um, I am selective with what I share and who I share it with because I'm, I'm aware of my, my circle enough to know who will receive something, who right. um, will actually actively listen. Because sometimes people are like, yo, that's crazy. And then before you know it, they're telling you all about their self. And the help you came to receive from them is just, you know, off to the side. Because now, you know, it's like a it's like a sparring match. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to, you know, trade stories. I, I may need to come vent. I may need to get it out. But mm-hmm. when it comes to therapy, honey. If I feel, once I feel somebody that I'm connected with, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm just pouring it all out. I'm in there crying and snotting and just giving it, putting it all on the couch. Mm -hmm. Same. But to my circle, they will probably almost never see me cry. And I mean, Mm -hmm. emphasis on the almost never because Mm -hmm. I'm so guarded with my feelings that if, like you said, if I feel like I've been vulnerable with you, and you didn't handle it well, which is what it sounds like you're saying may have happened with your ex-husband, you know, mm-hmm. you're still wondering why. But but the truth is, maybe he didn't know how to handle it. Maybe he was not strong enough to be able to help you through it. So sometimes, you know, when we're vulnerable, we put this load on somebody like now. Can you can you help me tote this? Can you help me unpack this? Can you help me deal with it without asking like that? But if I'm being open to you, what I'm saying is. I've been through these things and these things really hurt me. And this is what I'm still working through. Mm-hmm. You know, can you rock with me knowing that knowing all of this and mm-hmm. one of two things can happen. Either they can eat. Well, one of three things, maybe either they can stick with you, hold your hand through and y'all, you know, be that support that you need. Or mm-hmm. maybe they can leave because it's too much. Or the worst case is they can use it against you. Which is a huge, you know, fear that I tell somebody something and then they come back and like, okay, well, that's why, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a it's a hard place to be in. But um, at this point in my life, there's nothing that I can tell someone that they can use against me. Because if I'm verbalizing it, I've already learned what I need to do with it. Right. Me sharing it is just to say, just to let you know that, hey, be mindful of of, you know, this topic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, um, so throughout therapy, um, you know, they, they try and help you find ways to cope or, you know, they give you homework, you know what I'm saying? To, you know, help you move past whatever the situation that you're, you, you know, you're trying to get past. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know some of the things that I I had to learn how to do was to date myself. Um, you know, like it'd be okay for me to go and sit and have coffee by myself. Absolutely. Or, you know, go to the movies by myself, go to dinner by myself. Um, so I had to, that was some, some homework that I had while I was in therapy to learn how to do was to, you know, date myself. Um, 
you know, and also realize like, you know, we have jobs and, you know, we have titles in those jobs and, um, you know, we have titles within our families and it was, it really, he really made me like look at myself and be like, who am I? Who am I outside of this person at my job? Or who am I outside of being this person's daughter? You know what I'm saying? And so, and it's hard because you kind of just sit there and you be like, well, I mean, but I am these things. Right. You know, but those are not the things that define you. Right. And so that was a hard lesson, a hard homework assignment that I had to do. (laughs) Because, you know, with relationships, a part of the reason, one of the reasons um, that people stay in relationships is companionship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's companionship, financial stability, and I forget what the other one is. I can't think of it right now, but <clears throat> sorry. To touch on companionship, sometimes we just stick in a relationship because, you know, I don't want to be by myself. I stayed with somebody because I was like, look, we really travel well together. Mm-hmm. And but you're not happy in a relationship. You just don't want to miss that thing. So I'm glad you mentioned that too, because the way, the thing that helped me kind of the most to get myself back out of the house after I dealt with such a tragic situation was, Mm -hmm. um, I used to, like you said, date myself. I would go to like sushi bars and watch them roll. You know, I would sit at the bar and -hmm. watch them roll just to kind of entertain myself. I would take myself to a movie I would, you know, take myself for tea and maybe just sit, you know, in a coffee shop and read a book. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you learn, and this is what I tell people even to this day, I don't need to be with anybody. Um, I enjoy my own company so much that I will not stay in a relationship just because (laughs) I want some company. Like, (laughs) exactly. Like, I know (laughs) this quarantine is probably killing folks. To right. be in the house by themselves. But when I say I be up in here, I just be enjoying my little time, my space. And I just be happy. Like, even though I was in a long distance relationship, like we talked every day. But I like the fact that, you know, I didn't, we didn't have to be up under each other 24 mm-hmm. seven. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, we had our times to talk and we had times that we didn't. And I knew when we wasn't talking. I didn't have to worry about my TV shows being interrupted or whatever I was doing being interrupted because it's like, oh, I got to talk to him or, you know, we got to go meet up. You know, it was just like we talk when we talk. We made we you know, we was actually in the process of why I was going to go see him Memorial Day because I was going to be in the States. And then, you know, it was like we were actually making plans. You know, we was planning on driving to Scotland and, you know, just just really making plans for the next few months. And and I enjoyed that, right, you know, like it was building like, up. yeah, like I had something to look forward to versus it being like it wasn't getting running. The newness of it wasn't getting run in the ground. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I get that, too. Like you don't have to. I don't think people are willing to build and work on a relationship too often Mm -hmm. like people like like I said so scared that if I don't do this and that's that I'm glad I mentioned that too because people are too afraid to be honest with what they want or what their expectations are in a relationship like you said you can say 
it's okay. We can be long distance. We can see each other whenever we can, you know, we can make time. We can be apart without the fear that something else is going to happen. Yeah. Um, versus what people are doing, just be like, oh, no, we have to be around each other. We have to talk all day. We have to this because people are going to do whatever they want to do anyway. So if mm-hmm. somebody's going to step out and do something different, it's going to happen whether you're watching or not. So exactly. I'd rather enjoy whatever time we have you know, together or whatever time we, we're spending together with together on the phone or whatever, not stressing versus sitting in my head like, what if it's this? What if it's that? What is this? This? Like, I don't want to worry about that. If exactly. Whatever, if something's going to come up, it's going to come up and I don't have to, you know, beat myself up in the, in the process because all I'm doing is wasting the good time that I could have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's, we call too much of our own stress unnecessarily like you're sitting there worried about the what if when you can be enjoying the moment right now Mm -hmm. now quarantine kind of sucked a little bit like I am a homebody I like my own space but I do like the option to do something yeah so so (laughs) I did take a little step a little stumble um you know being quarantined but I got back real quick I've been you know I just had to change my routine I worked work out in the house. You know, I have to make sure that I log off of my work computer at a certain time because at a point I was working like 12 hours a day because I'm like, I'm going to just get this last thing done. Yeah. So I had to get a balance. I still, you know, get up in the morning, take a shower, you know, even though I'm just putting pajamas back on, but <laughs> you know, to keep it some type of routine because that affects your mental health too. So, yes. you know, that was a slight concern with a lot of people that reach out to me about, you know, um, mental health concerns. I'm like, you have to keep that brain moving. You have to you know, go for a walk, even if it's in the neighborhood, because that's okay to walk, you know, and just keep your distance from people. But um, sometimes you do need to change that scenery because if you sit in the same room every day, your brain is never going to know when to turn off or turn on, you know, mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. things. So um, like you said, now I absolutely enjoy the quarantine, the being in the house, the, I'm working on so many projects, but you know, I have to prioritize them too because that had got to a point where it was running all over the place but yeah like I said once you once you learn yourself and appreciate yourself you will never stay with somebody else just for companionship exactly yes yes (laughs) I refuse to be with anybody just for the sake of being like I'm in a relationship yep you know what I'm saying we've been together 12 years so what How, how many of those 12 years were good all exactly. history isn't good history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, that's not to say, like, you know, every day of your relationship is going to be peaches and cream. But, right. you know, it's just the when you do have those rough days, if y'all have a strong enough foundation, like you can work through them. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's because you both choose to actively work on it. And to me. That's that's one of the most important things that I have found that I've that I need in a relationship. Now, I'm not saying I want somebody to to get in the ring and fight with me, but mm-hmm. I need to know we in this together. Right, right. You know, which was something I didn't have in my marriage. It was just like when he was like, it's done. It was done. Wasn't no working out. Wasn't no, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, it's over. Yeah, which is hurtful. Yeah. And it was just like, and one of my questions was to him was, so I'm not worth fighting for, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was a a hit to my, you know, to my, 
you know, my self-esteem. Self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, what? And so therapy, therapy for me, it was just one of those things. Like I knew I had to do it because I was like, I know I'm in a bad space and I do, I want to move forward with my life, whether that be to get married again or to just have a companion, whatever the case may be. I want to be a whole person when I I, decide to get in my next relationship. But I do want to say this, you know, all the things that you've been through, you know, you're still super dope, you know, still accomplishing your goals, still, regardless of what it looks like to other people, still doing what keeps you whole. You Mm -hmm. know, definitely sorry to hear about your boyfriend passing away. I know we talked about it offline, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I know how hard that can be. But I also know um, that people have to handle things their way. So somebody may say to you, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. But if you are a strong enough person, which you definitely are, you you are strong enough to know what you need to do to make your next move. That Mm -hmm. does not translate to I'm not thinking about him or I didn't appreciate him because I know that you know, have a, a good relationship, being in a happy space, and then that space just being gone, it's a it's a huge adjustment. Mm-hmm. But I definitely wanted to say that, you know, um, kudos to you. Like, it's it takes a lot to keep in a good mental space. And, you know, I'm happy to hear that you're strong and growing through it without kind of disregarding um without not dealing with your feelings like you know how you feel mm-hmm. you know what you have to do to move forward so you know I'm mm-hmm. s- super dope you know thank you and yeah. just like you writing your book is like you know that place that you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable to allow somebody else to learn from what you've been through that is exactly what I've wanted this podcast to be about is just you know help people get through whatever it is that they're going through, through my experiences, the people I have on the show. And um, that was my whole purpose for asking you to be on this show because I knew you were going to, I knew this was just going to be a super dope conversation. Um, And it's something that's important. Like we don't, we, especially in the black community, I, I think now it's becoming a thing to talk about mental health, but it's not always been a topic not. of conversation. But. And um, because I know I've struggled with my mental health, it was just like, I want to, you know, at least help somebody else, you know, help them figure it out. And maybe if they had doubts about going to therapy, like maybe them hearing this episode is just like, you know, Maybe I do need to go to therapy. And I will say, if you decide to go to therapy because you need to go to therapy, and maybe the first person you talk to, you don't mesh well with, don't allow that to be the hindrance and you continue in the effort to find a therapist because therapy can work. You d- And it's just like any other relationship. You have to work at it. You know what I'm saying? So just because this person doesn't mesh well with you, you can definitely find one that does. That's one thing that I tell people the most. They'll say, oh, I went and, you know, it just didn't work for me. We just didn't. And I just say, hey, maybe you need to try a different person, try a different facility. Another big point I always make about therapy, people say, I can't afford it. My insurance doesn't cover it. 
it's so many resources out there. Now, of course, I can't go through all the resources and I don't know them all. But I do know that if you not just look into your state, if you break down into the city and your county, it's so many resources out here to help with mental health. Um, and that doesn't just translate to a payment plan. Some of them have, you know, a different, like I said, a different facility you can go through, a different um, program that you can go through. Some programs are covered, like I said, in your county only. Hey, if you live in this county, so and so and so. You just, like I said, you have to want it so bad that you would do the work to find out the resources that you need. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think... I think we've all had some trauma in life, whether it be trauma, trauma from being a child, trauma as a teenager, trauma, trauma as an adult. Um, we all have things that we have to work through. You know, some of us get better, get through it better than others. And some of us don't. But, you know, I think it took me a good I think all of my adult life to realize, like, I had some issues that I needed to work out. Same here. It took me to being, you know, like I said, in my 30s to realize that the way I go about things is not right, which is to just put it away and move on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have to. It's no it's never too late to learn a new trick. You know, hey, I didn't know this was a bad thing. And it's not to say that how you grew up was the person was malicious in what they did to you or your upbringing was malicious. Some people can be, quote unquote, brought up the right way, right? Mm -hmm. Have all the resources, but the way they receive it may not be right. You know, right. some things could happen to a person that nobody knows about. Or like I said, nothing can happen to a person at all. They just feel like, you know, they, there was something missing. So sometimes you just need an outside non-biased um, opinion to just say, hey, you know, did you look at it this way? Did you see it this way? Because sometimes mm -hmm. a friend can give you some advice and you're like, man, she tripping. I'll, you know, I'll talk to her later. Or, yeah. you, or your boyfriend is like, yeah, I'm not trying to hear that. But maybe if you hear something from some outside source, you know, maybe something will click that, you know, hey, let me look at it different. But when yeah. you're open to therapy and other ways to manage life, like you get a different outlook on things. Like I said, I've been through, I mean, a ton of things in life. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, you know, still learning and growing, but I definitely do not look like what I've been through. You sure don't, child. <laughs> you sure do not. Like, I think Toya is just so beautiful inside and out. And Thank you. <laughs> she, she definitely do not wear, you know, her the things that she's been through on her sleeve. And I think that's awesome. I can say the same thing for you, honey. When I heard that, you know, you were getting divorced, I was like, what? <laughs> and because, like I said, through social media, not saying that everybody just portrays a perfect life, but you may have your social media for a different platform. Mm -hmm. But then you also have people that will tell every piece of their business on social media, you know, mm -hmm. and so you, you don't know how to handle it. But, you know, as I look at like, even when I learned that it was your boyfriend that passed away, you know, I just made the assumption that, okay, someone she knew passed away. You know, my heart still hurts for you, but mm -hmm. I had no idea because, you know, sometimes, especially as women, not taking anything away from men, but sometimes with women, we have to keep rolling with the punches because women, 
usually hold, you know, the household together. So yeah. we're used to working on everything else and kind of not always taking care of ourselves. But, you know, when you see what people, when you hear what people go through versus what they're portraying, you know, it's commendable. Not mm-hmm. that you're ignoring what you've been through, but, you know, it takes a super strong, super dope person to do that. And I feel like that's definitely who you are. Like, I see your story and I'm watching and I'm like, man, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, man, she's super positive. And, you know, I'm very ambitious. I throw ideas out at myself all the time. I don't get back to all of them. But then mm-hmm. when I see women like you, that's like, I remember you said you were working to do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, I would love to be on it. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking I would love to get into something like that. And then to see it sometime later come through, I'm like, that's dope. So, and I yeah. mean, it was definitely, I, I think I said this a few times on the show, like it was definitely scary, you know, to, to start it. Cause it's just like, you know, well, what if people don't like it, you know? And I just had to get out of my head, like. You know, everybody is not going like what you put out there. Mm-hmm. Everything is not going to, everyone is not going to like your point of view. But that's, that's just it. It's my point of view. It's how I see things. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, like, that's fine too. Same thing with my book. Like, mm-hmm. I was in my head so much like, what if I really put my business out there and, you know, the book doesn't sell? But then I had to come back to myself and say, I'm not writing the book to, become financially stable. I'm writing the book really to help others in my same situation to, Mm -hmm. you know, help maybe that young girl that thinks, you know, she doesn't have it so great growing up. Let me stick with this guy that's taking care of me because Mm -hmm. that that's, you know, that's kind of the basis of the story that, you know, not that that's why I was with him, but he put me in such a position to be taken care of that I totally lost myself. Mm -hmm. So, when I thought, you know, if I put this book out there, I'm telling my my business, I mean, straight from the horse's mouth, what if they don't like it? Now, you know, in my mind, I was like, now I've done all of this for nothing. But then, like yeah. you said, I had to reel it back in. Look, I'm doing this for different reasons. It's therapeutic to write it, to get it out, to, you know, release all of that that had been festering in me. And then mm-hmm. for somebody else to read it and say, man, you know, it's not just me. I'm not the only one that's been through this. I can get past this, too. I can overcome this. And, of course, I have other books to come. I'm going to write four books in total. Um, And they're all exciting, (laughs) all um, true stories, all on mental health. You know, so, um, you know, again, I'm a very private, very personal person. But, you know, um, when I talk to people and they hear what I've been through or hear my story, they're like, Man, and people used to say all the time, you should write a book. That should be a movie. And so <laughs> finding your happiness will also be a movie. So Okay, girl. <laughs> yes, movie. <laughs> so, you know, for the sake of it's not our story may not be for us. It may for be that we were strong enough to take it on and we need to share it to help somebody else. So, um, I think when a a part of this mental health journey, um, I've also been trying to figure out like what exactly is my purpose Mm -hmm. and it was prophesied to me that, um, I would be a teacher and people would 
basically want to listen to the things that I had to say. And of course, my intent is to be a teacher, principal, whatever, at some point in my life. But, um, you know, I just really outside of that, I couldn't figure out, you know, what it was that would have people feeling like I'm teaching them or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think the more like every time I do a new episode, I figure out like I find so much more out about myself. And this is definitely one of those platforms that could be, you know, in accordance with that prophecy. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, this is definitely, uh, you know, just him ordering my steps. Absolutely. This is another platform. Teaching doesn't have to be in a classroom to children. You know, Mm -hmm. like I said, 38 years old, I still have things I need to learn. You Mm -hmm. know, I still so if I can you know, listen to a podcast or somebody turns on your podcast and they hear you, you know, talking about relationships, you know, on whatever aspect of the relationship it is, that's still you teaching. That's still you, you know, putting this word out there for people to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, that's beautiful. Like, you know, I have, um, I have, you know, been read, I have a, well, he's not my direct friend, but um, he's a prophet and he's told me, several times that, you know, I need to put this book out. Hey, why isn't this book out? And he may not know that it's not out yet, but he'll constantly tell me that the Lord told me to, you know, tell my story. Now, a number of other things, and it always gives me a warm and fuzzy because I'm like, Toya, just do it. Just, you know, stop making excuses. Stop, you know, this and that. So you have to appreciate a good word and, Mm -hmm. you know, being, being directed and, in the in the direction you're supposed to move in like I'm proud of you girl thank you same like I (laughs) I support like I will support anybody I come in contact with and I'm definitely appreciative that I've met you um likewise I think what you're doing is super dope I think that like I said, because of life in general, people can relate to what you, some of the things that you've been through. And I think it's amazing that you put this story out there. And I definitely appreciate you coming on to my show, talking with me, sharing, you know, what your book is about. So I hope that you guys, like, I'll add her, um, you know, Instagram information into the show description and I would definitely say follow her she posts some super dope things every day about mental health you know if you just kind of need a reminder about some things that you can do like she posts stuff you know so go check her out you know be on the lookout for her book it's gonna be super dope it's called finding your happy right yes finding your happiness Yes, so finding your happiness, so be on the lookout for that, and, you know, as always, you know, I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you guys have any questions, comments, or feedback, you know, you can email me at kikianwithcocopod at gmail.com, or you can hit the email button on my Instagram, it'll come to my email. Um, Again, I appreciate you for coming on the show. And thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Bye.